Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by our Boosties, the Rocket Booster subscribers who, like the rest of you this week, will get an ad-free show, but they will get something even better than that because they will get a bonus segment. <gasps> ha, 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 ha. So thank you, all of you, for bringing us the show this week. Indeed. I'm Simone de Rochefort, supervising video producer at Polygon, and I'm joined today by Brianna Wu, executive director of Rebellion Pack, and Christina Warren, senior developer advocate at GitHub. We have an exciting show for you this week. Uh, some updates on last week. We, as usual, have been rocket ruled. So we will be discussing once again the situation that is happening over at Reddit with the API update, as well as the uh, third-party Reddit app Apollo. Then we will be updating you on what the FTC is cooking with the Microsoft Activision merger. And finally, to make things fun at the end of the show, we'll be discussing Summer Game Fest, which happened over this past weekend, uh, seeing lots of new announcements and exciting promises being made by the game industry. Um, and our booster subscribers, you lovely boosties who have gone to relay.fm slash membership and supported the show directly, you're going to hear a bonus segment on modular Lego sets, uh, Brianna's expensive new <laughs> hobby. No. Oh, no. It was, oh God, we'll talk about it in the segment, but Christina gave me $500 and it ended up costing me way more than $500 because it, it's actually, it's a really, it's like, Christina, you once talked about like a user built uh, mechanical keyboards on the show. Yes. And it's like, I didn't even look into it because I knew if I go down that rabbit hole, it's going to cost me hundreds of dollars. Lego modulars are a million times worse. Uh, I'll tell y'all all about it. It is crazy. It's actually a better investment than the stock market, believe it or not. Ooh. They've done studies okay i can't believe you're gonna tell our uh listeners who are already paying for the show a way in which they can spend money even more foolishly or make money or make money <laughs> or make money yes oh i'm excited to hear that maybe you can get me into it oh my god no you're pyramid <laughs> scheming me okay so we'll be discussing scams and our <laughs> but uh before we get to that we have a full slate of news to get through and we are going to be starting with once again Reddit, uh, which is where I will know that we are recording this on Tuesday of this week. This will be important. Last week, we recorded on a beautiful Thursday morning, nice and early. We talked about how Reddit had told third-party app developers that Reddit will begin charging for access to Reddit's API after the end of June. Developers of third-party apps like Christian Selig, who makes the very popular Reddit alternative Apollo, uh, dis express their dissatisfaction with uh, multiple things, including the timeline that Reddit has given developers for making this change, as well as the pricing scheme, which many considered to be expensive. In the case of Apollo, which is a very popular app, it would end up costing around $20 million a year. After we recorded, literally the very same day, as happens... Uh, stuff. Stuff occurred. Uh, Selig went on to make a post on the Apollo subreddit detailing from his and his perspective on lots of things from answering like really basic questions for people to understand, such as like, hey, what is an API and how does oh, what are the exact reasons why this pricing doesn't work for you, uh, as well as how in his dialogue with Reddit over the past few months, that relationship has really, really deteriorated. 
Um, among the info that was in that post was basically the the claim that the Reddit CEO Steve Huffman had in a conversation with moderators told the moderators that Selig had tried to quote blackmail Reddit quote unquote to get them to buy Apollo rather than you know seeing it go dark a claim which Selig refutes with both transcripts of his conversations with uh, Steve Huffman as well as audio recordings. Uh, because conveniently, he's in Canada, where it's legal to record things. Um, and I, I think that that's great in this case. Uh, also really relevant, he goes over the timeline, like I said, of what he and presumably other third-party developers were told by Reddit. So according to Selig's post, in January, a conversation with Reddit said Reddit said that there would be no API changes this year, except possibly improvements to the API. In April, Reddit said, we are we do want to begin charging for the AP, access to the API and we'll have more info in three to four weeks. And then per Selig's post, Six weeks later, they were told at the by the at the end of June, after the end of June, the new pricing will go into effect, and this is what that pricing is. Uh, so as of now, Selig is planning to take Apollo offline at the end of the month. Uh, Reddit is fun is also going offline at the end of the month. And Christina, I think you said there was another large app as well that was planning to join in. Yeah, there's another Android app that's going off at the end of the month. And then I should note, it was a small app, but I used it. There was a Mac client called Stellar, which announced before um, even the, you know, uh, the latest mm. news uh, that they were uh, basically stopping work on it. So, um, and th- these are just the ones that we know about. Once the the pricing rolls out, uh, given the fact that I-, I don't know how many of these developers are going to be able to make it work, I suspect that we will see mm-hmm. more and more of them fall apart unless, unless you know, changes happen uh, between now and, and July 1st. Mm-hmm. And right now that is not looking great. Uh, Reddit in its continued like conversations with users has seemed unwilling to talk to Selig. Selig has said that he would like to speak to them again uh, and potentially figure something out. Although the current, like, like I said, both the price and the timeline apparently don't work for developers. And and they and and, and they accused him of, bl- of blackmail. Let's not forget that. Sorry, go on. That is also a big problem which we'll get into. Yes. The uh other com- important component of this is that as previewed uh c- currently uh since Monday of this week, Monday, June 12th, over 8,000 subreddits have gone dark in support of uh or in in protest of these changes to API access. Um, quite a few accounts. People have also deleted their accounts. That uh, this sort of Reddit blackout, which has covered like a lot of really, really big subreddits like our videos, um, which have millions and millions of users, that is supposed to end on Wednesday. But many subreddits have said they will continue to stay offline. Their moderators are keeping them private. Um, but as of the, our recording right now, because it's Tuesday night, we don't know which ones are going to see that through, who's going to be online, who's going to be offline. So by the time this goes up on Thursday, something some things may have changed with regards to what the Reddit users are doing. Uh, but we're just going to talk about like what has happened over this last weekend, essentially, in Reddit's conversations, uh, both with their own, with its own staff, as well as these developers. And it seems clear from this uh, this vantage point that Reddit has not handled this very well at all. No, I, I, I not at all. And, and, and their, you know, their email to um, their employees on Monday basically said, you know, we've seen this before. This is going to pass. Don't worry about it. Like they, they seem to be doubling down on um, the response here. And to be clear, you know, it's not just users that are mad 
that their favorite third-party clients are going away. And keep in mind, they they are using these third-party clients, in my opinion, as a user of the third-party clients because the default Reddit apps are awful and have not been invested in, and the website mm-hmm. is terrible. And um, but but the bigger problem is that they are not accessible, even by Reddit's own admission. They are literally not accessible for blind users. So um, users have to rely mm-hmm. on third-party tools. And for moderators who are again are working for free, many of them have to use the third-party apps to get a lot of things done. Now, Reddit has said that they will be investing more money in mod tools, although they've been making this claim for years. They claim that uh, people who are using the API for accessibility purposes and for apps that don't cost any money, um, not not to say like if it's a free app, it'll be um, sanctioned, meaning that if it's free and it's you know for accessibility reasons, then um, they will continue to have API access but they they've um came to an agreement with one of the big um apps that's that's used for for mod tools but they are they clearly have no intention at least so far of, of backing away from this and so this mm-hmm. isn't even so much a uh, people are wanting to support you know Christian or or the creators of Reddit as fun this is a we cannot do the free labor for you that you've literally built your website off of with the tools and the apps that you provide and uh it's it's uh, the whole thing is a mess um, to, to, to your point um, with all the Reddit's uh, shut down. What was actually funny was that when they shut down, uh, all the Reddit's went dark on Monday, all that action actually crashed the site. So the 8,000 plus <laughs> subreddits going down actually crashed the site because of the, the you know, um, all, all of the different um, actions kind of hitting um, the site at the same time. And so they had an outage, which, you know, came up relatively quickly, but Usually, I, I do, um, there was a thing in our industry that's known as hug ops, and so we, you know, kind of are, feel all, we all feel for anybody who is on the operations end who deals with a website being down. Um, I don't like to be this person, but I'm going to just be honest and say that even though I'm sure that the the SREs at Reddit had nothing to do with Steve Huffman's decision, I could not find it in myself to care that, that their morning was was pretty terrible. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, uh, what I really can't get past is, you know, he put out this uh, really, really callous statement uh, that they did a Verge piece about. Uh, and, you know, in this, it's like the biggest, like, self-pitying thing. He's like, I hate to do this, but please don't be wearing your Reddit merch outside of Reddit right now. It could just get too violent for you. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I understand Reddit users are kind of a little fiery right now, but I think you can pretty much trust you're not going to get stabbed walking down the street. I mean, that seems like a safe bet to me. It's so yeah. self-pitying. No, you know? and it's completely inflammatory and stupid. And to me, it's a continued kind of like, to be clear, like in many statements that he's made, both in private and in public, uh, Steve Huffman seems to blame Christian on a lot of this. And, uh, and, and in my opinion, and I'm not a lawyer, but flat out defamed him. I mean, accusing him of trying to blackmail the company when that's not what happened. Um, and, and in my opinion, like those statements, these are the things, this is a guy who is the CEO of a billion dollar company, a mini billion dollar company. Granted, their valuation has been written down 40% uh, uh, since they last raised funding and they are trying to go public. And um, the value of, of Reddit is, is kind of, a lot of people aren't real clear on it because they already, as, as John Gruber said, they already yep. let the 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 um, foxes into the hen house because the AI companies already scraped their data legally. They already did. So they're not going to pay them to have access to the 
continued data set because that's usually not what most of the large language models are after. They're not necessarily after like current up-to-date information. They're learning from broader trends. So, you know, they have, the, by his own admission, they're not profitable, um, but it is still a company that is valued at many billions of dollars. And you are now going to defame a uh, independent developer who has made your platform better for eight years by completely misrepresenting what he said to one of your employees on a phone call when you have given him under 30 days or basically slightly over 30 days notice to completely upend his business plan. And that is going to, by his own admission, the shutdown of the app is going to cost him a quarter of a million dollars. This is this is a company mm-hmm. that to me is absolutely, it's gone through many, 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 many scandals. And we've talked about many of them here. And I, I cannot believe that even me knowing how poorly this company has acted for so much of its lifespan, I cannot believe that they are doing this. And uh, frankly, uh, you're going to need to believe me here, but f- honestly, I, I just on every level. The the situation and how this has played out is almost Twitter-esque in, it, in how disorganized it has seemed. Because I do like questions about app pricing and everything aside, the pivot to pricing which nobody nobody involved in this is against charging for the API the problem is really the being told one thing and then being told another thing and then suddenly being told okay now you have to do, now you have to come on get on board it's kind of like kind of like when i'm on vacation with my dad and I'm not told the night before a time when I should be awake. And then I wake up and I'm going about my morning routine. <laughs> right. And suddenly I hear You're getting yelled at. But we got to go. We got to get dressed, get in the car. Like, are you going to be able to get in the car? And I'm like, hang on. How, do I I have 10? You're telling me now that I have 10 minutes to, to get in the car. I didn't know if I had known perhaps the suitcase would be packed. Um, <laughs> not that this is not that I'm drawing from life. It's fine. Um, and it, it, it is like I, I get that they want to make money. Again, no one is disputing that. And that, you know, every every social media website is in a really tricky position right now with their relationship with users and how they are making money. However, Again, the like quick pivot, much like Twitter did with like, okay, now you gotta you gotta pay for blue to get the check mark. Okay, wait, no, 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 you don't have to pay for blue to get the check mark. Okay, now you gotta pay for blue to get the check mark. It makes people confused and makes them question like, well, what am I doing here? And as Casey Newton pointed out in in his platformer piece that went out today, like we've already seen a very popular subreddit in the Donald migrate away from Reddit. And like they are certainly not, I would say, as like culturally prominent in terms of me having to hear about them as often as I used to. But that is a community that did not rely that that was clearly not relying on the infrastructure that Reddit had built in as much as once once they became a solidified subculture, they were able to successfully move away. I don't know that every, you know, something as broad as, say, our iPhone or our Samsung probably is not going to be able to make that move because, you know, those people are that have their own relationships on other social media Uh, platforms. But I think that it has been shown that Reddit is not necessarily the glue that is is holding these communities together. And the communities are the platform. Yes. And the platform is also Google search. Yes, but, but that's but, a whole other topic. That, that, Go well, on. You well, that's a whole other thing. No, yeah, I was going to say the uh, the one thing that's important to note, although Reddit, I think, predated Dig slightly, 
Reddit was smaller than Dig until Dig imploded on itself and created like Dig version four, which mm-hmm. was like this infamous uh, poor redesign. And literally all the users left and then went into Reddit. And that's really what led to Reddit like becoming ah. big. And because it had been acquired for, I think, only like 20 or $30 million by Condé Nast. And then all of a sudden it got this massive influx of users when the Dig debacle happened. And so uh, it's not as if people haven't moved before. Um, now, w- would that cost a lot of money? And and would uh, there are some federated instances uh, that people keep trying to make happen that, to my knowledge, I don't think are, are either easy to use enough or well-populated enough to take off. But yeah, to your point, the communities, if enough of them go away or if they, people continue to be treated poorly, they will um, move on. I mean, what uh, uh, um, Ben Thompson wrote um, uh, an article on his newsletter that is unfortunately, um, uh, well, I mean, you should subscribe to him, but that it is actually um, a subscriber only on his newsletter this week. And although his position was largely much more uh, conciliatory to Reddit and, and I think understanding of their business position than mine is, he mm-hmm. noted, I think quite correctly, which is that this is a company that it's a two-way sword. Like both of these things are kind of responsible for one another, right? Like Reddit literally depends yeah. on its user content. Um, it depends on, um, you know, uh, the free labor of, of the mods who do the work. Uh, yeah, you might, if they if they get rid of mods who continue to keep major subreddits like Funny and Awe and, and Pix and Video and things like that, and some of those have announced that they will continue to be um, shuttered indefinitely. It, they, Reddit, of course, could make the unilateral decision to just take um, the subreddits away from those mods and assign new mods to them and, mm-hmm. and, and do it themselves. But like finding that number of people who are passionate enough about your community that they are willing to work in many cases, you know, like just dozens of hours a week, sometimes way more than that. People basically like hardcore Reddit mods, because I've interviewed them in the past, spend full-time jobs, if not more so, on on Reddit, Jeez. like like doing this sort of work. And and so if you think you're going, if you think that there's an endless supply of people who will do that for free and will be good at it, those those are two things. There aren't, right? So mm-hmm. what you've done with this case, I think, is that um, you've – the interesting thing about the third-party apps is that I think that these are – Neelay uh, uh, made, made this point, um, I think, uh, or maybe it was David in, in the interview with, with Christian on, on The Verge. These are probably some of Reddit's most valuable users who they are – because it's not just yes. the mods, but it's also people who are, like in my case, I'm willing to pay for a third-party Reddit client. I've paid for many of them over the years. Now, I said this last week, I would pay for Reddit Premium if it came with, like, API access. So far, they haven't given me any reason to pay for, for, for Reddit Premium, but, like, they could even charge more. If they said, Christina, you have to pay $100 a year and you can use the third-party apps, I would. Now, would a lot of people? No, but some would. And so that's why this whole thing, to me, continues to be disingenuous because they it is not about the money that it costs them to run the API. It's that they don't want these third-party apps to exist. They are facing an existential crisis on a lot of levels. They're trying to go public. They're trying to find a way to convince people to invest in a company that is not profitable and has never been profitable and has existed, you know, at this point for, for almost 20 years and and they're you know grasping at straws. They're also facing a, a certain amount of irrelevancy as as search engines change. And then they're feeling like they can now charge more for their data because large language models were were, were um, trained on them. And 
I, I understand and I'm, hmm. I guess, a little bit sympathetic to the business position, but I'm not at all sympathetic to the way that they're treating their users, their developers, or you know, just acting in, in a way that, again, this is a company that has had scandal after scandal after scandal after scandal. And this, I, I can't remember a time when I, you know, I've seen a company that is so ingrained and so like, like the community is so responsible for its success treat their community this way. I really can't. Like Twitter, yeah. honestly, at least Elon was honest and pulled the plug. Like at least he, at le- you know what I mean? At least he didn't drag people along. <laughs> Consistently inconsistent. Brianna, did you have a, a thought? No, no, no. Uh, I, Christine, you're saying everything's got to be said here. It's it's all dead on. Um, I, I did want to say uh, it's a bit of a subject change, though. Um, I, I want to talk about the fact that they believe their entire uh, operational model, uh, revenue model, needs to move to AI. You know, I believe that AI has a future. I don't believe that it is going to, like, dominate everything, everywhere, all at once, right? Mm. I think it's going to be baked into a lot of product, but I think it's going to be more like a a feature that you just expect to be there rather than this like all-encompassing like shift there's uh of the um, the scale of like uh, everybody moving to mobile phones right right so you know it, it just seems to me like a the ethical questions of hey let's uh let's uh build our entire uh large language model of the future based on reddit which is uh you know uh overrepresented by men between 20 and 30 uh that could uh, create some data set issues <laughs> for the future that come to mind nothing wrong with that cohort i'm just saying the oversampling of that uh that particular uh way of thinking about things sometimes i could see some problems coming out with that uh you know mm-hmm. on top of that it's like if you think there's a long term like 10 year 15 year future in like these large data sets paying reddit for access that's just dumber than hell yeah, exactly <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all i mean you know there's it's almost like there's a deeper problem that all of these companies that we really depend on um you know besides facebook uh in our daily life have really been built on a tremendously shaky ground. I mean, Twitter has, Reddit certainly has, and it it really makes you fear, like, where is the sustainability? Like, this is the message media Mm -hmm. is constantly running into. How can you build things that are are, going to be sustainable for the people that use it? Because this really is our public square. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like at a certain point, we, I mean, hopefully, best case scenario, we feel more broadly comfortable as you both do paying for things that are purely digital and maybe having less access to you know the broad swath of information that we have now one thing that i'll finish off with which i don't think we let's not talk about it this week but just to kind of set the stage for conversations that we'll be having in the coming weeks is reddit is a huge huge source of information and as google has become again more driven by and influenced by advertising, which dilutes quality search results. Reddit has become a massive source of information and many people use it to search 
answers to their questions. Yes. And I saw a lot of people today talking about how oh shoot with i with this reddit blackout i am realizing that i have lost access to a huge resource of information mm-hmm. yeah. so that's something again like right now we don't know what's going to happen with all these subreddits but it is certainly uh going to become i think relevant uh in in the future and i have one quick thing to say about that i know that we're wrapping up i'm just because this is yeah. interesting people have been um because people are so upset about this um reddit users have been deleting their accounts but they aren't just doing the typical thing where they, you know, delete their comments or delete their account and it shows up deleted. What they're doing is they're using tools like there's one called Power Delete Suite. There are some other um, tools that basically will um, modify the content of everyone's comment to say whatever it needs to be said. So they're basically salting the earth while they're getting rid of these things, meaning that even if these subreddits come back, um, if you're looking through the search results, you know, and and like you, like like many people, I've just started, um, you know, appending Reddit to my search results because Google search is terrible now and I can usually find more relevant things um, from, from Reddit. Um, but that could get potentially like that long tail of, of stuff could get bad really quickly if enough power users delete their accounts and then replace it with, you know, a message like F you, um, you know, you uh, slash Espez, which is what a lot of people are doing. Because mm. then those comments are all gone um, and and even if those pages are preserved. And so that's, I think, a really interesting thing that is, um, if I were going to be investing in this company, like, I I, prob- I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't to know just how, how poorly it handles its community, how many scandals it's had, you know, all the other things. But I would just, if I were like a would-be like big um, institutional investor, I would look at this and go, oh, so even your data set is not really yours because of GDPR and other things, users have access to control it and they can do things like that, which kind of negates the value. And I just wanted to add that because I think it's pretty brilliant as a way of people, you know, giving it to the man. All right. Well, speaking of the man, let's talk about the (laughs) Blizzard Activision merger and updates thereof. Quick note here, Christina works for GitHub, which is owned by Microsoft. Um, and formerly worked at Microsoft. Yeah, and I have that a lot of disclosure. Yes, and I have a lot of Microsoft stock. So stock. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Things continue to hot up in the realm of Activision and Microsoft's proposed merger. The FTC has this week requested an injunction and a temporary restraining order from a federal court judge to stop the deal from going through, and it has done so in the language of a 19th century nobleman trying to stop his daughter from eloping. <laughs> I quote, both a temporary restraining – sorry <clears> – <throat> I wish we could put some violin under this <laughs> string. Both a temporary restraining order and a preliminary injunction are necessary because Microsoft and Activision have represented that they may consummate the proposed acquisition at any time. Uh, end quote. This follows a December lawsuit uh, from said FTC. Should the injunction be granted, all work on the deal would cease while its legality was investigated, which I believe evidentiary hearings would take place in August. Meanwhile, across the pond, the EU uh, has approved the deal in a move that was completely expected. Uh, Although amusingly, they have stated uh, that the deal would improve cloud gaming which runs completely counter to the UK regulators who moved to block the deal specifically because they were afraid that it would make cloud gaming less accessible for users overall, which we covered on a previous episode of the show. 
per the EU, uh, the EU Commission is satisfied with Microsoft's promise to make Activision Blizzard games available on services other than Xbox's own cloud gaming services. Despite opposition, uh, clearly, as you can see by their statement, the FTC is afraid that Activision Blizzard and Microsoft would go ahead even without the UK's approval, uh, which I understand is pretty important. And Microsoft has made some spicy, spicy statements uh, basically uh, shaking fists at the UK regulators. Uh, as we discussed on the previous version of the show, like despite me personally feeling like the deal is not a great thing for the future of gaming, the reasoning behind the UK's uh, opposition to it does not make a lick of sense to me. Um, so I guess I have to side with the EU on this one, as I do on many things. <laughs> yeah. But the FTC, so with the FTC really waiting in here and more so throwing its weight around than it had previously, do we think anything, do we think the FTC is going to do anything <laughs> for once? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so this is breaking news. This literally broke while we were recording um, is that a judge has approved. Oh, my the, God. A judge has approved the preliminary injunction. So the TRO has been granted, meaning that I, I, I don't know the next step. It has step. been granted. Yes, it has been granted. Yeah, um, this literally happened like 20 minutes ago. So, um, yeah, a U.S. Wow. judge late For Tuesday. Wow. avoided the rocket rule. Exactly. Um, and, and, hey, this is amazing. If we'd been recording when we said that we were, we would have missed this. <laughs> So think think amazing. about that, Simone. It is Can amazing. Can you go ahead and read that to me and let me know where you're reading? Yeah, this is from Reuters. And it's a U.S. judge late on Tuesday granted the Federal Trade Commission's request to temporarily block Microsoft Corp's acquisition of video game maker Activision Blizzard and set a hearing next week. The U.S. District uh, Judge Edward Villa scheduled a two-day evidentiary hearing on the FTC's request for a preliminary injunction for June 22nd to 23rd in San Francisco, Without a court order, Microsoft could have closed on the on the deal as early as Friday. So they will not be able to close. Um, wow. They had so that has been. There will be an evidentiary evidentiary hearing. Um, uh, you know, on the twenty second and twenty third, they've got to submit legal arguments um, by uh, Friday, and um, the, uh, Microsoft has to submit, uh, uh, I guess, arguments by Friday, and the FTC has to reply by the twentieth. And um, yeah, I mean, it, this was came in so late that they don't even have responses from. Um, either either party or, or I guess all three parties. So the FTC has absolutely stepped in. I wonder if we'll get some by the time we finish recording the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, we might. I mean, it's possible. I I, I, I can see, I, I can feel Brad Smith, uh, who's a Microsoft's um, chief counsel and uh, president. I, I can feel his, uh, from, from where I'm sitting in um, Capitol Hill, I think he's probably in Bainbridge Island or whatever rich enclave he, rich, he lives in and, and steam <laughs> is coming out of his ears. Like I, I can basically hear the yells from here. So um yeah, Amazing. so they 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 they're they're blocking it. Um so yeah. You know, I got a call a while back from a uh it was a large um oh boy, I didn't say NDA. I can talk about this. Uh from large investment company <clears throat> that was basically trying to figure out if they should uh basically short the stock on this particular deal. Oh my goodness. And one of the concerns they were uh obviously thinking about was uh, you know, the the sexual harassment uh, allegations that are 
you know, out there and being adjudicated against, uh, um, you know, Activision Blizzard and trying to figure out if that would be, uh, you know, something that would come up in this deal. Uh, asked just a ton of technical questions inside the industry, asked what the state of litigation was, like trying to get a background on a lot of these, uh, you know, the lawsuits being pursued by by California. I had a really good talk. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know which way they went, but, you know, it really taught me that, like, when you have these things that come up, there are people that make a lot of money off betting which way it's going to go. Uh, so I think it's not just Microsoft probably that's losing money tonight. Well, I mean, other people have looked at this deal and possibly Christina uh, Warren. Right, well, no, I mean, yeah. well, I was going to say uh, the uh, the stock is actually it's only down fifty nine cents after hours, and it was up um, two and a half dollars, oh, two and a half point. And it was it was up two and a half points today. So. Um, in the past, when these decisions have happened, the stock has not gone down. If anything, I think there are there's probably a certain class of Microsoft investors who would prefer the company not spend sixty nine billion dollars in capital on a video game company and and would instead rather it invest in in more AI stuff. Mm. Um, so, and I know that yeah. that is the opinion of, of people that I've talked to internally. Um, so, you know, this is just rank and file employees, nobody important, and I'm sure that all the important people want the deal to close, but. Um, looking at Activision's stock right now, that is uh, let me see what this is at. Um, Activision stock is up. It's basically even. It it closed up ninety three cents today, and it's up uh, five cents um, after hours at, at this at this point. So, I don't know if the stock is going to be impacted one way or another. Now, I will say this: um, regardless of like what your thoughts are on whether this is a good thing for gaming or not, or this is a, su- a success or not, I, I do not foresee Activision Blizzard, you know, remaining an independent entity, even if, um, you know, Microsoft has to play, mm-hmm. pay a breakup fee, like someone else will acquire this or they will make a decision to acquire someone else. Um, and so I, I don't think that the underlying problems of consolidation go away. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It, w- which I've said before, but no, but it's, it's interesting. Um, at this point, clearly the government is going to do everything they can to prevent this from happening. And with both the UK and the government against it, I, I don't know how this deal closes. I, I just don't. And, you know, and unless yeah. they're really successful in their legal arguments, I just don't under I don't see how this closes. And the longer it takes, obviously, the more Microsoft has to weigh the consequences of how long do we stay invested and then how long do we just say, okay, never mind and 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 move on. I mean, two things on that. I mean, the mm-hmm. first is, you know, let's be really honest. Um, you know, this the, I like Game Pass. I use Game Pass. I've Microsoft, uh, you know, Series X, great console. You know, Starfield is looking amazing. I'm sure I'm going to really enjoy that. At the same time, it's it's hard to not argue that Xbox is kind of in a, a, a tough spot right sure. now. You know, Redfall came out, which was one of the big games for the year. It was a, it's a failure in yep. every way it could be a failure. It flopped. It was underbaked. It's a bad game. Um, you know, and uh, to be really honest, continuing like this made a lot of deal when Game Pass was like the kind of new hotness. Um, I think right now there are, it's not that I think people are questioning if Xbox Live, uh, you know, Xbox Game Xbox Game Pass is a good deal. I think there is a real question about, um, 
like this investment as far as something that doesn't seem to be a blockbuster, right? I think it really backs up your assertion that there are some uh, investors who would probably prefer uh, Microsoft to double down on AI instead. So I can see that that not affecting it that much. You know, just also, you know, any one of these deals, if it goes through or it doesn't go through, um, you know, it's not going to change this trend of, you know, this giant consolidation, the tech space and a lot of vertical integration, you know, one doesn't do it. It's the overall trend of, you know, basically giving consumers fewer and fewer and fewer choices that I think has been very consumer hostile in this space overall. So, um, you know, it's really hard because I don't think in the aggregate this one thing is going to make a difference. But I think if we had, you know, this trend overall, I, I do think it would I think it would lead to a tech industry with a lot more competition. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so frustrating to hear about the <laughs> the uh uh attitudes towards I guess Game Pass and Microsoft gaming like being a flop because of Redfall, mm-hmm. which it, to me, like when I again we'll talk about the uh uh Xbox showcase in the next topic, but like I came out of that showcase going, they they've still freaking got it. It's still the best deal in gaming. There's so much stuff yes. that is not coming from a developer like Bethesda that Microsoft acquired last year, setting the stage for them to be accused of making a monopoly when they tried to acquire Activision. Um, like th- there there's so much going on there. Um, that to me to see people like uh, seeing one, you know triple a failure and going oh no now xbox is flopping despite the fact that they have the most successful console of this generation um and still a really good deal with game pass it's like did we forget did we forget like all the other conversations that we've had about this being really successful that we've been consistently having for a couple of years at this point okay um but like that's what the stock market is like (laughs) Um, I forget the point that I was originally going to make before I got distracted by being annoyed about Redfall, um, (laughs) which is not an enjoyable game, I will say, of having played it on stream. It was fine. Yeah. Were you talking about the consolidation? Were you thinking about the consolidation aspect? I was probably thinking about consolidation. Um, yes. So, oh, God, I got so distracted by that. (laughs) No, um, I guess... Yeah, I, I I will say it is, as you said, Christina. It it seems like everything is really lining up against this, um, and I agree with you completely that it will not stop overall consolidation within the industry. Um, so we will, I guess, just stay tuned to what's going to happen next. I still remain unconvinced by the arguments about like every every argument is relying on this idea that eventually Activision Blizzard games will become exclusive to the Xbox which is something that Microsoft has said like for the next 10 years or whatever no um a lot can change in 10 years in the gaming landscape a lot has totally. changed since 2013 so i I personally, I don't find that reasoning compelling, but I am not a judge or part of the FTC. So 
we shall see what happens with this. Any any final thoughts or any ideas on what I originally was thinking <laughs> about saying before I got distracted by talking about Game Pass? <laughs> I'm glad your stock is okay, Christina. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, but 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 putting that aside, like, and and I wasn't that concerned because honestly, this this deal hasn't really been a a a a big mover one way or another with the stock. I think that you know, uh, whatever movements were going to happen, that happened already. But I will say this, and this is a weird prediction, and I could be completely wrong. But, you know, I've been thinking that, like, EA is the next one to get acquired for a while. What if EA and, and Activision Blizzard try to merge? Like, would the FTC approve that? Because to me, that's a Oof, much more, cl- to me, that's a much more clear, that's a much more clear monopoly play. Like, to me, that is a much more, more clear, like, the monopoly The two question. most hated, it does make sense, the two most hated companies in all of yeah. gaming. <laughs> One hundred percent. But I'm just I'm just trying to think like I know that that EA wants an out and and I don't know, you know, what what Activision Blizzard is going to do, but I could see them potentially wanting to take that on. But yeah, I mean, I think that mm-hmm. um, I, I would what I am curious about to see. I, I I don't know how much this changes about any of Activision Blizzard's like uh, plans to have, you know, a, a relationship with Game Pass. Um, I, I imagine that they will still have their games there and and maybe even do some other things. Um, I hope that Sony is not like dumb enough to think that they could now try to get some sort of exclusive on their, you know, awful um, online game service <sighs> with, with Activision, but I wouldn't put it past them. Right. Because that would be the most Sony move ever to be like, Oh, we sued over this and we, we kicked up our feet over this, but now we want to try to get exclusives from third parties on, on our platform. Um, I, I, and I, I don't know if they would be successful that way, but I, I wonder if anything demonstrably changes for gamers other than the fact that if we're being completely honest, this is not going to do anything for the sexual harassment stuff, the settlements, and probably the the culture at, at Activision Blizzard. Like, I think mm-hmm. that their best shot of having, uh, yeah. you know, things improved was probably to be owned by Microsoft, whether that's a good thing overall or not. I, I entirely agree with that. So, yeah, it is what it is, though, but yep. it definitely feels like it's dead in the water. Are you really insulting PlayStation Plus, the finest, most premium <laughs> game service in the entire industry? You know what? It is worse I, than oh. it, it, it is worse than Switch Online, and that says a lot. <laughs> wow. Well, with those harsh words, let's go into today's dessert and talk about Summer Game Fest. Which now now we're all spicy, but honestly, Summer Game Fest kind of slapped this year. And I say Summer Game Fest, what I mean is the umbrella of E3 replacement events, which was Summer Game Fest on Thursday of last week, plus also uh, the Xbox Showcase and the Ubisoft Forward. Uh, those were the two that I watched. I know Devolver also had an event. Um, I think Capcom had something as well. So sorry I didn't watch those. Um but we saw, as as one used to see at E3, for you children, there used to be a, a games industry event called E3. Uh, we got trailers for a whole load of things, as well as our first meaningful looks at some titles that have been, like, looming on the horizon for a while, but that we had not seen basically anything of. That includes Bethesda's Starfield, which is their space RPG Coming out this fall, apparently. Ubisoft's freaking Avatar game, which has been, uh, which I honestly, like I knew with that much money behind it, sure, it'll probably eventually come out. There was a part of me that didn't believe. (laughs) (laughs) Much like with Avatar 2, like we were all like, oh, they're they're making it. They've shot it. They're editing it. But is it 
actually coming? And then it did. And then uh, it did. Well, and, it, and it was like, yeah. Lester. <laughs> <laughs> yep, apparently. Um, Ubisoft's Avatar game also coming out uh, this year in December, I believe. We got more. We got a trailer for the next installment of the Final Fantasy VII remake. Yes. Amazing. Um, and Finally. Ubisoft's uh, freaking Star Wars game, Star Wars Outlaws, among many other things that I'm probably forgetting. Um, so it ended up being like a genuinely exciting weekend that I was pretty jazzed by. Um, so I figured for this topic, we could all just like kind of talk about maybe one thing that we're pretty excited for. It's dessert after all, so we can have fun with it. Uh, Christina, was there anything in particular that you were like, oh, yay, that's my stuff? Well, the first thing I have to mention is since you mentioned Avatar, the Avatar sequels have been delayed (laughs) again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they'll uh, never come out <laughs> no well you know, probably not because avatar 5 is not expected to come out until 2031 and i don't know how old james cameron's gonna be then but yeah so um well i'll be on pandora by them yeah i was gonna say so yeah so but, but avatar 3 has been pushed until december 2025 uh avatar 4 three years later and then avatar 5 and, and 2031 so that's i don't even know if we will oh, have God. um earth then <laughs> Um, but, um, no, I mean, there were some interesting things, I think from like the, the Xbox showcase. Um, I, I actually was kind of, um, interested in, um, the, uh, um, some of the updates to, to flight simulator. Like that actually looked really good because you can, it kind of has like a Mm -hmm. sim aspect to it. Like you can, you can like have, um, like you can be a helicopter or mountain rescue pilot and things like that. And, and there's like air firefighting. And so that actually kind of seems fun. I'm not going to lie. Like, And the ornithopter from Dune. <laughs> yes, yes. The, yes, the, the ornithopter yeah. from, the, from Dune. So I'm, I'm kind of into that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, continuing to see like Starfield, like that's that I'm excited about. Like that I'm really hoping is not going to be um, a disappointment like, like, like some of the other games have been this year. Well, I, that kind of leads into Brie. I think Starfield was the Brie. What was your uh, most uh, anticipated thing from this? Okay, so if you look into the engine that is uh, powering games like Fallout, you can literally in the source code see references to Daggerfall which was a 90s game of like the engine that all the this was built on. It was really groundbreaking back in the 90s. But that is to say that the engine for Starfield is old. It's super old. And you look at the trailer for this, the story trailer, and you can see so clearly when they're going between the like, you know, rendered, cutscene technology and then they got to like like go to something in game is just this janky like <laughs> you did like it's not good when you can look at movement totally in, like a fight and go yep that's that's bethesda game fight combat engine right there like do you know what i mean that janky like where they yes. have to, they yes. to add pips to it to make it exciting and engaging so look with starfield I look at that story trailer and I just see No Man's Sky. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm cynical, but that's all I get from that. I'm up for the concept, but I've literally never gotten sucked into any game Bethesda has ever put out in the modern era 
I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. You can hate me. I, I know, no, that's fine. A, that's fine. I, I yeah, love Bethesda yeah. games. I love I love Fallout. Fallout is probably my favorite game series, like one of my favorite game series ever. So fair enough. But yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Even 76? No, that doesn't count. That's not part of it. That's, it's, I will, it's, 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 it's like Superman 4. It didn't, it, 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 it didn't exist. I, enough, I will say, enough. so I, I watching the that whole Starfield presentation on Twitch, because we, we were streaming it on Twitch, Polygon, and all our, our lovely, lovely followers were in chat with us. Uh, it was very funny because it was a lot of people being like, I wasn't excited for this. But they're doing it to me again. Yes. They're making me promises and I believe them again. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm excited for this. And I didn't. I did. I thought that I was better than this, but they got me. They got me, damn it. Um, so I really, I really, really enjoy that. But like the people who who like these games, Brianna, to your point, are genuinely excited for it. Sure. And I kind of see why, because I mean, there, there's a lot to love. Uh, with what they showed, although I think your No Man's Sky comparison is extremely accurate, and I do hope that they, you know, learned a lot from that uh, from that game's launch debacle. A hundred percent. I mean, I'm psyched, obviously, for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Yes, you know the uh, the original Final Fantasy VII remake was better, I think, than any of us could have hoped. I've played through it twice. It is excellent. I love that game. Can't wait to get more. Alan Wake Two looks really, really good. And yeah, I've got to say, like the the new Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk. Oh yeah, ones, that looks good. I understand that game had a rocky launch. Uh, Susie, a sphere for Hunter, a friend of mine, she's in this one. She's cast as a main character. Um, it, it just looks crazy fun. Um, I, I, I look forward to this. I actually, I couldn't, I screwed up in my choices playing my main save of mm. cyberpunk to the point where I did the math and I'm going to get the ending where Johnny dies. So I'm hoping I haven't beaten it yet because I, I wanted to wait for the expansion to come out, hoping it will give me some more chances to get it. positive like Johnny <laughs> points so I can go back through oh and then God. finally get the ending. I love V so much. I have mad love for V. She's a great character. So mm-hmm. uh, really looking forward to that. Well, the thing I'm definitely most excited about, just going by my reactions during the stream, uh, I was screaming when Final Fantasy VII yes. Remake Part Two yep. was finally shown at the end of the Summer Game Yay. Fest stream. Um, and I know we, we got a lot of other things that I was genuinely excited about, like the new game from the Chinese Room. We got a mm-hmm. look at the new Assassin's Creed game. <gasps> oh, yes. well. Final Fantasy VII. They, oh my God, A, beloved characters. They showed Elena, m- one of the my t- the Turks, my beloved, beloved, like, uh, <laughs> Shinra Corporation <laughs> lackeys um and then also just glimpses at and I'll, I'll be vague here on purpose the things that they're doing with the timeline of that game which we at the end of the of the first part of remake kind of revealed like oh maybe this has a different relationship to the original game than we thought we're not quite sure what exactly that is yet there's a lot of theories but this trailer showed some looks at things that were different and made me personally go ah (laughs) and that's a a lower pitched version of the sound that i made that i was making consistently throughout that trailer (laughs) yeah i'm really excited for it. it's gonna be a good year for games yeah 
yeah, I'm excited for Final Fantasy as well. But I do have to ask you, Simone, like, how do you feel about about Assassin's Creed? Like, you are, that is like your number one game that I always associate you with. So how did you feel about the Mirage um, gameplay footage? I, I am psyched about it. I like I'm especially psyched about the setting um, and this like I think I said on a previous episode of the show, the return to classic AC gameplay I'm a fan of because it feels like a good time to do it. We've had three massive games that you could potentially spend years playing now. Yeah, go back to a smaller a smaller version of that, a more pared down version of that. That being said, like from I will be perfectly honest with you. Of course, I'm excited for it because it's Assassin's Creed. But part of that is that like the gameplay that they showed is exactly how I play the new games. <laughs> so for me, it's really going to come down to like what is the the level design here? Like how how intricate and fun to navigate is this city really? Because when I play, again, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, for example, a game where I have equipped my character with powers such that when she wields a heavy weapon, she can chain four heavy attacks together and hit uh, men into the sky as if they were golf balls. Um, even in that game, when I'm presented with an assassination objective, I will, I do, I sneak in, I hide behind walls, I like, in the long grass, I stab people. And so the gameplay that we saw, I was like, yeah, that's what I do in every single Assassin's Creed game. It's why I'm the most boring player in the world to watch play these <laughs> games because I will sit there going, just watching people move around for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, yes, this is fun for me. It's not fun for anyone else but uh so for me it was like yeah this i'm excited for this but what what are the improvements that are going to be made and i know they've talked a bit about some of the ways that like there, there's a new um method of movement in the parkour like you can grab onto a pole and kind of like almost not pole vault but let momentum propel you across large gaps looks cool so i'm excited but i may be maybe more restrained in my excitement than i i have been previously just because i'm like yep that's Assassin's Creed. <laughs> we should get Jim to recut everything you just said into a murder confession. Yes. <laughs> Please Simone do. Simone the serial killer. I'd love to Put it on hang TikTok. out in the grass <laughs> and stab people. <laughs> in Washington Square Park. Um, <laughs> no, all in all. A cool weekend uh, for games, of course, capped off by this billion-dollar merger that will probably not happen anymore. <sighs> Exciting, though. Exciting year for games. And as you well, to wrap this up, as you pointed out, Brie, in our, our chat, a huge month for games, period, because yes. we've had, like, three massive releases in FF16, Street Fighter VI, and Tears of the Kingdom. So yet another yeah. big year for gaming. And Diablo 4. And, and Diablo 4. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let us discuss what we are up to this week. Brianna, what are you up to? Oh, uh, I'm heading to uh, New York tomorrow to participate in a uh, documentary on Andrew Tate, um, which I think is going to lead to some spicy, uh, spicy comments in my life afterwards. Uh, uh. But I'm going to stay at the Hilton. That'll be fun. Uh, so I'm going there for a shoot. Uh, other than that, uh, I'm continuing to work on my Lego Modular City, uh, which we'll be talking about in the fun, exciting bonus segment. 
Yes. Uh, a little spice to your life because your life wasn't spicy enough <laughs> yes, exactly. already. Christina, what are you up to this week? Yeah, I'm just doing some work stuff and um, it's uh, I'm just I'm just chilling. Honestly, I don't have a whole lot going on. So um, I'm probably going to be deleting my Reddit account. I'm going to make it say obscene things more than likely. So we'll see about that. I have like four Reddit accounts, though, so I don't know which one I'm going to delete. Probably the the um, uh, pseudo um, mm. anonymous one that I've been using for the last two years. So that's probably what I'm doing, but we'll see. That's n- not a whole lot going on. Simone, you have plans. What are you doing this week? I do have plans, and it's the reason we're recording on a Tuesday, because I am going up to Canada. Woo! For Le Grand Prix du Canada. Oh, that's so exciting. Um, yeah, I'm psyched going to Montreal. This was genuinely the only F1 race that I had planned to go to this year before I got those surprise Miami tickets. Um, I got these tickets like back last August, I think. Oh, my goodness. So I will be sitting in the Lance Stroll grandstand. I will be uh, probably by the time this goes up, I may be perhaps doing the the pit walk on Thursday. We don't know. And I'm super excited to see another Formula One race and maybe one that is a little more, I guess, traditional than Miami uh, has been you know, as I have understood from people who have been into F1 for much, much longer than I have, Miami is a kind of odd uh, environment for a race. So I'm excited for Montreal and to eat all the delicious Canadian food. Um, if this goes up Poutine. and you happen to hear it and you have like recommendations for me for Montreal, throw my way on Twitter. Wow. Speaking of Twitter, <laughs> Christina, where can we find you online? You can find me at film underscore girl on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at film girl at bsky.social. I think that's what it is. And you can find me on Mastodon at film underscore girl at mastodon.social. So that's where you can find me. So yep. Enjoy all the poutine, Simone. Have a great time in Montreal. Uh, they have wonderful clubs, <laughs> by the you. way. So uh, I can give you recommendations on Tell those. Tell me about them. I will. Sure. Please do. Brianna, oh, what are you? Uh, or you blind? can find me, uh, Brianna Wu, on Twitter, but don't go there. Go to Blue Sky. I'm just Brianna there. Or find me on Mastodon, uh, where my username is too complicated to even remember. But you'll find me there. <laughs> Nice. And you can find me everywhere at Doom Quasar and (laughs) once again trying to find Peter Bonington's hand in marriage at the Montreal Grand Prix this weekend. (laughs) Please. uh, I know you're very busy. You're a very busy man. I can do a lot for you. Um, And I'm normal. (laughs) I'm so normal. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Rocket. If you are a boosty First of all, thank you so much for supporting us directly. Obviously, that feels all the sweeter on weeks like this when we have no advertisements. Um, You are getting a bonus segment where we are going to learn about this incredible new financial (gasps) investment that Brianna has discovered. And I hear that it's fun, too. Uh, We'll be talking about Legos. Oh, yeah, baby. And thank you so much. Uh, Everyone else, thank you so much for listening. If you haven't reviewed the show yet, please consider giving it five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That's another way that you can support us uh, directly. And it is very cool. And if you would like to learn more about membership, you can go to relay.fm slash membership uh, so that you can join in all all the fun times that we're about to have on our bonus segment, uh, where I will continue to say things in a voice and an accent that is typical of the region in which I was raised. 
Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this episode of Rockets. We'll be back with you next week. This episode is terminated. 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 <laughs>